Avengers! Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack, where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, comics, and much, much more. I am your host, Josh Scar, and joining me this week is everyone's favorite furry dungeon master is Alex. Alex, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. I perhaps had one of the best weekends of my life. On Friday evening, I watched the, end, the Loki season finale. On Saturday, I watched the Marvels. Then friends came over, and we played... The thing, the board game, and monster and monster slaughter. Yesterday, my wife was running the culmination of her two-year campaign, and now I'm talking to you. I could not hope for much more out of life right now, Josh. How are you, sir? I'm. I'm. I can't complain. I'm doing quite well. I had a very similar weekend to you, other than we did some house chores. Uh, we're still in the process of swapping office spaces and stuff. So we're, we're kind of cleaning up the mess we made so that we can organize as well. Uh, <laughs> so it's a weird oxymoron. Uh, what's the Green Day song? Walking Contradiction mm. of Life. Um, so, but it's it's getting there. But uh, again, we had a good weekend. Uh, Ricky and I have been watching a lot of uh, Lessons in Chemistry we started watching all the all the light you cannot see on Netflix, which has been interesting. Mark Ruffalo is a fantastic actor, yeah. But don't make him do an accent. <laughs> he he cannot do whatever accent he's trying to do in that show. I don't know if it's a British accent or a French accent. All I know is it lends credence. The show lends credence to my theory of if the French are good guys in a show, they will have British accents. If they're bad guys, they will have French accents, and the Germans are Germans. <laughs> or the Nazis are Nazis, except for one guy who is a good Nazi, apparently. Uh, he, a, a, a Nazi by can, happenstance, convenience, whatever. But it's been an interesting show. Hmm. Lessons in Chemistry, I talked about it in our What You Doing. We're caught up, and I really dig the show. Like Each episode is actually told from like a different perspective, and I really enjoy that they're taking chances on it. Because like the first two episodes play out kind of like a, a pretty typical love story but then at the end of the second episode there's a huge twist and then the very next episode is told from the perspective of the dog in the show okay is it kind of like a sliding doors kind of thing where the different perspective they actually the actors uh say different lines or emote differently as those no, scenes play along not, not in that sense like that okay. that would be very interesting and i i wouldn't put it past a streamer like apple tv not a sponsor but could be uh, to do something like that but overall it, it's pretty standard but like when you go into episode four we now get a different we get like a, a jumping timeline situation and then in episode five the the timeline kind of seems to just move into the future but again there's new perspectives and new things happening and like the show does a really good job of keeping you engaged with it while not just being a pretty straightforward like Here's the love story part. Here's the tragedy part. Here's the part with the hook that we got you in on for the show. Oh, that's interesting. So now these perspectives, I take it they're, they're other cast members, right? It's just kind of like what they are observing during their life around these events then? Kind of, yeah. yeah like okay. it, it's more just you have your, your main perspective character, which is Brie Larson's character. Yeah. And then kind of the show happens around her, but she has other people she's engaging with. Um, because part of the hook for her character is that and this is a minor spoiler, like it's pretty obvious. I think I talked about it in What You're Doing, 
she was uh, sexually assaulted in college. And she has this like thing of like, you cannot be alone with me with the door closed. If the door right. is shut and we are alone, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really about her like opening up to the world around her after being closed off for so long. Because for her, it's really just like, I want to do my research and I want to live my life as I have planned it out. And obviously, you can make as many plans as you want, but life will get in the way of those sort of things. Very cool. But we're not here to talk about lessons in chemistry. We're not here to talk about anything other than the MCU, which is a nice tie into lessons in chemistry because that also features Brie Larson. But we're going to talk about the Marvels and Loki. And Alex, you and I have not had any con- like we usually talk about things a little bit before we talk about a show or a movie. And in this case, I was like, we're going in cold. Like, Loki had its thing. The Marvels had its thing. I don't even know what your perspective is on any of this. We've kind of been joking around like, oh, there's going to be a fight because I feel like I have a general idea of where you might go with the Marvels, but I don't know for sure. Uh, So we can't figure out which one we want to talk about first. So we're going to go with uh, we're going to steal from our friends over at No on 15, the Wheel of Names. And I'm going to share with you my screen, Alex. And we're going to spin this wheel and off we go. Wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we will learn. We are going to talk the marvels. Okay, Alex, there's there's one caveat here that I'm going to request. And that is I get like 30 seconds to start. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Go for it. Okay. So spoilers straight off the bat. We're going to talk spoilers. We're going to dive right into this thing. Alex. Mm-hmm. I, whatever you're about to say about this movie, whether you loved it, you hated it, I don't know. Well, I'm but... going to look at the timer. I'm going to look at the timer. And... <laughs> Ready? Go. Alex, I do not fucking care what you have to say about this movie. I do not care that they stole the plot of Spaceballs. This is a fun ass movie. I do not care. It is fun. This is the movie that Marvel needed to kick phase four off with. I don't know how you fix the logistics of like, you need to set up with WandaVision. You need to set up with Ms. Marvel. You also need to set up with Hawkeye. The Marvels is so much fun. You can tell it's been cut to pieces, but it still works as it is. And I think it is one of the better pieces of entertainment Marvel has put out in the last three years. It's No Way Home, Shang-Chi, Multiverse of Madness, The Marvels. You can put those in pretty much any order, probably No Way Home on top. And then any any of the next three, I think, is fine by me in, in your interpretation of what was really great from the MCU. That being said, again, the villain's main goal is the plot of Spaceballs. They're vacuuming up the resources of a few planets to save Hala, the Kree homeworld. And they're using <laughs> they're using jump points to do it. But I do not care, especially <laughs> with the way this movie started, where I'm like, oh, God, this is going to get Thor the Dark World. It isn't it. And I think they did a great job of balancing this thing out because the minute Kamala Khan shows up on screen, I'm in. Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan continues to just absolutely crush it. Her chemistry with uh, Tiana Paris, Embry Larson, and even Samuel L. Jackson, plus her family is there as well. It all carries over wonderfully from Ms. Marvel, and I think it's fantastic. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Now, I'll have the record show. You had a minute 50. I even muted myself so you couldn't hear me laughing or clapping. Pre-edit. <laughs> yeah, because you you because you nailed it. This movie is better than Ant-Man and Quantumania. It is better than the piece of shit that is Guardians of the Galaxy 3. It is better than Love and Thunder. Now, 
my issue with this movie is that we're comparing this movie to the last few years of just duds or swings and misses. And yes, this movie literally is Spaceballs. They open, they they crack a portal into an into one area to suck out the air, crack a portal in another to suck out the water, and then I don't understand how the hell they suck out the sun. That makes no sense. Maybe they were they Star Killer Basin, but with a portal. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, like, yeah, I, I was looking at it, thinking, are they just like opening a rift so? The sunlight pours into their world so they can actually have sun. Because that would actually make a lot more sense than what we saw, which is like the fusion happening of, of dragging it. But here's the thing. I, I actually enjoyed the movie, Josh. I actually Good. liked it. I, I, looked at, I looked at I looked at my, my wife and best friend and I was and they're like, yeah, it was fun. They're like, it and they're like, it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. You cannot tell me that having watched Secret Invasion. That Nick Fury is this Nick Fury. That makes well, the, you no also have sense. to keep in mind that this movie was originally slated to come out before Secret Invasion. Okay, so how? But, but either, he, either way, like it still doesn't make sense because he's he's mostly clean shaven, and he's having fun. Like he, Sam Jackson is having a lot of fun in this role. Oh, like he is yeah. a, he is a one liner machine. He's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando. He doesn't have any actual like dialogue in this. It's just one liners, and it's great. Anyone who watches the final the final trailer, one, 90% of those lines aren't in the movie. And two, you see the end credit scene in that damn thing. They show the first few seconds. The only thing is you don't get Kelsey uh, Grammer's lovely baritone, mm-hmm. <laughs> which immediately I heard Kelsey Grammer. I'm like, cool. X-Men are here. Awesome. Fantastic. They're not recasting <laughs> Beast. They CGI'd the shit out of him. Because that was not a great CGI look. That was it, it, not. I, no. I think the design was really good, but yeah, it was not. It was 2017 Beauty and the Beast kind of beast. Yeah, and, and say what you want about uh about Last Stand. He looks great as the Beast in Last Stand. Yeah, and that's yeah. all practical makeup and everything yeah. too. So, yeah. but like, I I think it's just because Kelsey Grammer is probably getting close to his seventies. Yeah, this he's point. like sixty five or sixty six. Yeah, yeah, so like you, you you want the voice, you don't necessarily need the actor in the space to do it. Right? I mean, maybe they, maybe they brought him in in a mocap suit, but you, I don't know. But I thought the I thought the the design was good. Yes, the it, design it, was it strong. Looked, it, the design was really good, but again, it's not the best CGI. Like, it's not Avatar. It's not the creator. It's not, like, immersive in that way. But a lot of the CGI in this movie wasn't. So, like, I, th- I think the CGI quality of the movie was consistent, though. Right. There wasn't a random moment where you're just like, ooh, they didn't get enough time with that one. No. So, I had fun. And the parts that don't work for me are... Or go back to what I think is Marvel's issues since Endgame. One, they do not have a story structure plan in place when they start filming. Two, the CGI is kind of rough. And three, the basic story element of Captain Marvel for me doesn't work because of the decision to set Captain Marvel as a flashback to the 90s. Now, the reason why I'm going to say it doesn't work for me is Every emotional beat with Captain Marvel uh, with other people like Rambo or Fury is that she was gone for 30 years. She did not come back. This movie tries to explain that, but it doesn't do it well because Marvel's decided we're doing a flashback movie with her. 
And then no one said, so what has she been doing for 30 years? Offhand line. Well, the space is kind of big and I'd like to defend everything. Okay. Well, you didn't come back. Well, she came back during the blip. During the blip when your mom passed away. So I was there when your mom passed away, but I wasn't there for you at all. Your development, your age of growing up in, in the military. That to me is a fundamental issue with Marvel's with Captain Marvel's storyline is that they want to have this gravitas and weight that she's been gone for 30 years and they had no way to write out what she was actually doing. They never cover exactly what she's doing other than she's just like trying to protect the galaxy in, in her own way. But they also try to band-aid over it a little bit by saying that because of what she did to uh Hala basically causing a civil war and that caused them to deplete their resources that she she gained this nickname the annihilator Carol doesn't feel like she's worthy of coming back to Maria and Monica after having gained this moniker and essentially destroying another world so uh she she feels like she needs to um What's the word? Uh, not uh, confess her sins, but she needs to like she needs may, to make uh, up for yeah. the the ripple effect that she she started. I, I think there it is a really nice moment between Monica and Carol where she's like, "I didn't need Captain Marvel. I just wanted my aunt." And I, I, I thought I, that worked well enough for me because, like you, the memory loss thing does not work for me. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really dumb way of stripping away any kind of character that Carol has, and I think they. They still didn't do that really well with this movie, but they allowed Brie Larson to have fun in the role for a change. Yes. She's she's been really stoic in her two previous turns, uh, other than like her really brief appearance at the end of Shang-Chi, where she's like, oh, I got another call. I got to go. And they try to make a laugh out of it by Mark Ruffalo going. She does that a lot. Right. But I, I think her character shines through more in this movie because like there's that moment um, which I, I do want to before we move on to talking about Loki, uh, there's three very obvious B plots that were cut from this movie. And I want to talk about them really quickly. There's the moment when uh, which I love the moniker, uh, the Fleur kittens. Hatch their <laughs> eggs. Uh, there, there's that moment where they just kind of like come back to the base as it's losing power and they explain the plot or the idea of we're going to have all the Fleur kittens eat the crew and then we can just <laughs> hoard all of the Fleur kittens into one escape pod because it's easier to get 25 Fleur kittens into an escape pod than 5,000 people into three. So um, Brie Larson's like, OK, so this is the idea. And she's like, she's like, I'm on board. Here, kitty, kitty. And she like just runs away chasing the cats. Yeah. So, all right. We'll get back to story elements at the moment but yeah we have to talk about the four kittens i swear he said there were three hundred and fifty thousand people on that on that space station they float in but that can't be right right it was 350 people right not three hundred. I, I think it was like 350 people yeah i, I don't know exactly what's going on there okay um because i swear i, I, he said I, don't, thousand. Maybe I, I just like, didn't hear that line but yeah so it turns out the flur the flur kittens uh, well, Goose apparently lays brains that are eggs. <laughs> yeah, they're of, eggs that look like brains. Yeah, the Flurkins, which the second that started happening, I heard my wife and best friend whisper to each other and they went, yeah. And then the second it was revealed that they're kittens, they're like, call that. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you guys know space anatomy way more than I do. But yeah, apparently they can ingest living beings 
you just get ejected slimily, but there's like a pocket dimension where you can breathe. I don't know, but memory from cats being played while they're while you have the um the announcement going, please allow the flurkins to absorb you. You will be fine. <laughs> and yeah, Miss Marvel running, kind of like hurting them, and uh Captain Marvel oh, doing that. Well, well Rambles like well, Ramble's like, I have want nothing to do with any of this. Yeah, he, she, I, I, that's the gif I used when I announced the, the episode. And she's just like, I I can't. And she just walks away and Carol's like, I got this. It was but great. No, what, the line that Carol drops when she like before she's like, here, kitty kitty, is she she under she they do the Star Trek thing where Fury's explaining the plan in a very like elaborate way. And Carol's just like, so hurting cats. And he's like, Yeah. <laughs> And then here, kitty, 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 kitty. I love it. Like Brie Larson, uh, apparently anytime there's a cat on screen, it's CGI because Brie Larson has a, a terrible cat allergy, which is unfortunate because cats are wonderful pets. Yeah. But like I bought into her enjoyment of the idea of like, yeah, let's get these cats together. Let's go. Yeah, that that was fantastic. The running, screaming crew of uh, Miss Marvel putting up uh, light barriers. People get trapped against and they turn around the look of horror and the cat. <laughs> <laughs> and Kamala like following them, like trying to get like, just let him eat it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and I do love that one ejection pod. But they get one ejection pod full of cats, and then the rest of the humans, which apparently Fury and Kamal's family do not need to be absorbed, they get into the other one with a bunch more cats. And it's hysterical. It's, I mean, yeah, and the CGI is terrible when the cats get ejected and they're just floating there. It's 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 a terrible CGI. The, the, the ship landing, and it goes past the Statue of Liberty, which was completely bronze. They did not yeah, actually remember they, color- they changed it. Or they were updating oh, it in uh, Hawkeye and No Way Home. Oh, that's right. That still yeah, doesn't look it's, right, it's man. It's now holding up a Captain America shield, if yes. I remember, instead of a torch. Okay, all right. Because I saw that and I was like, "Are we in a different world now?" <laughs> but yeah, you, you damn dirty apes! <laughs> you <laughs> blew it up. <laughs> the, the the training sequence. So you know, as you can that see, that was from, fun. I love yeah, that. As you can see from the trailer, their powers are intertwined. The way they explain that is so stupid. Like there was like a portal in the sky. And and Fury quipping just goes. So you reached out and touched it. She went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, new rule: we do not touch glowing things. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but we get the training sequence of how their powers integrate. Which yes, the first fight scenes where their powers are intertwining and they're being ejected. Kamal's house gets wrecked. Captain Marvel's getting confused as to why like why she keeps being ejected somewhere. Kamala's like, why am I fighting things? It's all. It's all silly and fun. And then, yes, we get what we need from a movie like this, which is you don't have your heroes randomly figure out how to resolve it. You need a training montage. And that training montage of them is a slumber party. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. You, that they, they figure out, oh, we keep momentum when we transfer. Oh, OK. That explains why I keep falling down or being thrown into something. They're they're doing jump rope. They're toss. They're juggling. They're apparently I, I really actually dug the tossing the piece of popcorn and switch the power. The other person needs it. Yeah. That was it a great was, way to end it. Yeah. It was fun. That is the thing is this movie is just enjoyable, which I really needed out of the MCU right now because Ant-Man is supposed to be this, mm-hmm. you know, the first Ant-Man movie, the Thomas, the tank engine tank engine fight. Um, the second Ant-Man movie with the cars changing different sizes all the time. The third Ant-Man movie, they just screwed it up. Thor Love and Thunder told the wrong story. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was just miserably 
dark and gross. It was misery porn, yeah. And this was just joyous fun. I can't quite forgive the literally ripping off space balls that the villain, I I, I don't even know her motivation. I mean, yes, the motivation is we want to rebuild the Kree Empire, blah, 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 blah. But uh, she's President Scrooge. Yeah, I mean, okay, fine. I, I still, I, I, you can tell they were moved. Um, as you said, there's B plots. We'll get to them. But one of the plots at the end, which I was so annoyed by, is at the end of the movie, Kamala gets both the bracers. She has them on. Oh, all of eternity, this was given to me. And then, like, the next scene, they're landing back on Earth. She has one. I'm like, where's the other? And then you see Captain Marvel's wearing the other. But they didn't explain why Captain Marvel took it. They didn't explain where was the interaction of, like, her uh, Kamala going, I, I can't have both. Mm-hmm. I can't defend that's myself fair. fully. I think that's a fair criticism. Yeah, I because I, I can see the way she she is so amazing in that role. I mean, Amala Vellani is just amazing. Oh I I am very tempted to reach out to her publicist to see if what it would take to get her on our show. She's fun, and I love her. She feels like a real teenager. She feels like she's having fun. She, you know, she could sell that moment of like, yeah, she got both of the powers. They they, they just lost Rambo to Kelsey Grammer World, and. Where is that one little scene of her going like, you know, she has both of them and she looks at Marvel and says like, you know, we're twinsies. I Can you take the other? Because I still haven't learned all my powers. I can't defend myself where they come for me. And then Captain Marvel going, yeah, twinsies. It takes it. <laughs> that would be so sweet. Yeah. That would it, be a little perfect little button. Up, it, it would tie up what happens when we're oh. introduced to Kamala where yeah. she's like laying out this fanfic comic of like how her first engagement with Captain Marvel would go. And then, like the first time she actually has that engagement, she she does a little hand thing like twinsies, it's and so she's, she just immediately rec- regrets it, and it's it's just super cute and amazing. But going back to the quantum entanglement, I think that's a really great way of changing the narrative of like, what do you do with Superman? What do you do with a character like Captain Marvel who should be able to just wipe out any opponent in a in a heartbeat? Mm-hmm. So you you create these chaotic moments where the entire team is engaged, but the minute they use their powers at the same time, they switch places. And you see that frustration hitting Carol in that first fight sequence. And the choreography of the final fight against Starben is great. I, yeah. I keep saying it's great because I, this is something that I feel like there was more thought put into this than recent other recent marvel movies because Mm -hmm. they they had to plot out what happens when these characters switch spaces and how they have coordinated their attacks with this because it's one of the rare mcu fights where they had to think about the space of the fight because the minute they change places you have to know where someone went and where the other person came from and so you get these wide shots of them switching places and like kamala's going high uh monica's coming straight on and carol's like trying to flank and then the minute they switch you see where they're going and like what they're setting up with it and it's all done without them really communicating with each other because they've clearly spent the time to think about these things yeah and it it goes to show what action can look like in the mcu when they give consideration to those things and not just like well we need to recreate this comic panel right now we need to do this part we need to do this wouldn't it be cool if we did this well how does that work in the space who cares just do a tight shot and a quick cut and it'll it'll work out for me the action works because i what i'm believing is that they had the script 
of these are these are when they're together we need these fight scenes done they got them done they had the time to actually place the cameras do the previs all that stuff to visuals i did not notice weak effects in those moments because those are the ones they thought about to me the ones that had the weakest effects were the flurkins were a little weird the, the floating in the air you can tell that basically anything that happens on nick fury's space station is probably an afterthought because you take away all the that plot there and nothing really matters. I think they probably added that after Miss Marvel because her family dynamic is so amazing and those family mm-hmm. members together are so fantastic. And like you can nitpick the shit out of this movie. And I do understand why leading up to it, the Metacritic score and all that stuff was really bad and the audience reaction wasn't as great. But it was fun. And I don't need to have a world changing de- uh, catastrophe we have to solve protect all the MCU they were trying to sell that with like the trailer the incursions coming through it's like there's no fucking incursion you guys ripped a, a little bit of a hole in there and you patched it up okay take it just be enjoy it being joyful you know yeah which i mean th- th- that technically is an incursion it is just not something that happened naturally it was forced we're gonna wrap this up here uh, but i do want to talk about these three clearly cut b plots uh, that i feel like they were worked around through reshoots there's pretty clearly supposed to be some kind of mystery built around the goose eggs yeah it it, fury and everyone like there there are little moments where they come back and fury's like what the fuck is this is there an invasion happening someone planting bombs what's going on and then like really quickly they they set it up and they in that same setup scene, uh, Kamala's mom is like, your cat's looking a little pudgy. <laughs> and like that, that it's like, oh, OK, these are eggs. You're you're yeah. telling us in advance like you're you're it's not even a foreshadow. It's you're just handing us the solution because you decided that this B plot is not important, which I don't think it is. I don't yeah. think that that was something that probably would have added anything to the story. There's also pretty clearly supposed to be uh, some kind of memory swap story with Carol and uh, Monica mm-hmm. because um, they do. Th- I, I, I really enjoyed that scene because Carol's like, oh, it's a it's a crease or a scroll torture device, but I use it to try and regain my memories. And both Kamala or both. Yeah, Kamala and Monica are like, um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to use this. And she's like, oh, no, it's fine. I do it every day. Um, so I feel, and, uh, Monica, after they do it the first time, she's like, never do that again. Like, I feel like that was something that was probably going to be used again before they separate and and Monica ends up in the X-Men universe. Yeah. So why do they have, why does she have three of them? That's a great question. Maybe, (laughs) maybe she had some Cree help or maybe she had a, another sleepover with Valkyrie, uh, Valkyrie who shows up for five seconds or her husband. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> there you go maybe it's a marriage of convenience for uh-huh reasons <laughs> which the musical we didn't even touch on the musical sequence uh which that was another thing that was probably cut out they yes. probably spent a little bit more time on that but i i'm fine with what we got out of it uh i do like the joke where um is it sung park or park sung sewer I, I i i apologize for not remembering his name isn't isn't he a bts guy Actually, it turns out he's not. He's just a well-known Korean actor. Because we okay. all thought we all thought he was like, oh yeah, it's one of the BTS people, right? And nope. Well, I guess that's racist of us. Um, I yep. so apologize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's unfair to assume that just because he's a, a Korean actor who can sing, he's part of BTS. 
because I, I was genuinely surprised at how well he was acting as well. Oh, um, he, oh, oh, my wife and best friend. When he came on the screen, they both were like, "Oh, that's pretty." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And they're like, "He's very pretty." I'm like. All right, one the ladies over. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky had a similar reaction, but it was to the dress. Oh, okay. The the dress that Carol gets, and like I like that they took a moment to showcase that Brie Larson can sing, which most people should know from Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um, but the last B plot is clearly there was supposed to be more with Darben, and but her story got dark elfed, where they're just like, there's no time for this, right. Last, last, last thing though, we've touched briefly on the, the mid credit scene, which is setting up uh, a parallel universe where the X-Men exist. Um, we get the Kelsey Grammer beast in CGI form. The, the final scene of the movie was pretty obviously meant to be like a mid credits or a post credits, but with what they're doing in the mid credits scene, they're like, just put it as the last scene because it's going to get overshadowed. But I love the scene of Kamala trying to recreate the Avengers initiative scene from Iron Man. And she just completely botches it. And she's <sighs> recruiting Kate Bishop. I loved it. I'm sorry. I am ready for the Young Avengers, which is another reason why I think this movie needed to be one of the earlier entries into post Endgame Marvel. Because this is what people are waiting for, is setting up the new team. Yeah. And... I, I I cannot wait to see Kate Bishop, America Chavez, Kamala Khan, maybe Peter Parker. I mean, you need some you need some boy blood in there just to keep the the fanboys happy. <laughs> and then also Cassie Lang. I like that's an Avengers team that I want to see. Even even with just one dude, I want to see that team because that's a lot of cool powers. Okay, so the reason why that scene works for me is that. Amala Villani is incredibly charismatic. The reason why it didn't work for me is she's doing the the speech that uh, Samuel L. Jackson gives to Tony Stark. And who the fuck knows what he said in that moment? It's just a. That is the thing <laughs> that bothers the MCU knows what happened within the MCU because they have amazing debriefs and I it's know. all public information. <laughs> I know Shield now Saber apparently has amazing debriefs because I mean what is it? Uh, Darcy goes. They have incredibly detailed reports. <laughs> That's I'm like. How do they know? That's. Uh, but it's charming and I have to let, let it go. Okay. So we can end this, this, the talk about the Marvels, but there are two moments where I was slightly annoyed. One is I liked, uh, I liked singing planet because that offhand remark of, Oh, he's bilingual. So he can yes. understand. <laughs> and all but, it is, is he's just speaking. He's not, yes. they, cause their language is singing. And so he just started, Carol's like, we don't have time to sing. He's like, Oh, okay. And she, they're like, wait, what? And he's, Oh, he's, he's bilingual. <laughs> great i i wanted a little bit more because you can tell they junked a bunch of it i wanted just a little bit more from that because i wanted to see uh rambo and miss marvel have to interact with somebody and like sing for like a, a, a ordering tea or something that would have been a great mcu style joke like you could yeah. have added three minutes to the movie for that yes and, and this movie was super short it was like what 135 and then i think it's like 145 with credits. with credits yeah yeah so that would i, I wanted just a little bit of a punch there of them having to interact with others versus the, the only person they interact with is the prince, which was like, uh, I mean, come on. 
the other thing is the brief uh, scene where the scroll are again being abandoned, which is which according to Secret Invasion, there's over a million of them on Earth. So how many of these others? Are, that's its own logistical thing. Which again, that's I, yeah. I think this was yeah. kind of supposed to set that up going into yeah. Secret Invasion, but, but it just yeah. So this is another thing where I feel like the movie wasn't quite finished because of reshoots and stuff. Is that so Valkyrie shows up. She and okay, my head canon is Captain Marvel's married and has a prince that she occasionally sings to bed with because <laughs> she is married. And he even starts off with, How long are you with me this time? or some crap like that. You know, he's obviously in love with her and she she leans into it. Is that Valkyrie's like, Hell, blah blah blah, of course, anything for you. And there's that like slightly too long chick kiss cheek, and I'm like, I want to see the, the storyline where they're together. Because that chick kiss was a little too long, and the way they talked was a little bit too familiar. Because we, as far as I'm aware, they have not interacted anywhere in the MCU canon, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, there's there's a window where they would have interacted in between Infinity War and Endgame. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, as a, I'm just saying, they they pack some stuff in there, and ending it with a kiss is kind of like, okay, go on. <laughs> I'm Ms. into this. Let's go. Yes, but. <laughs> So what happens is you see all these uh, ships taken off. She gets some of them under her ship and uh, Valkyrie shows up using the Bifrost and then she Bifrost the scroll on that ship away. I needed one additional shot. That shot should have been there's Captain Marvel's ship. There's the other fleeing scroll ships. If everybody is going because the emperor is being allowed clemency and we're all going to new Asgard. There should have been a shot where, yes, the Bifrost takes off the group from Miss Marvel's, uh, Captain Marvel's ship, and then you see the Bifrost reactivate on the other ships. Yeah. We needed that establishing that shot there that tells us this that the only survivors are not the one people in this ship, which is something the um, which is something the MCU's had a problem with. Of like, apparently, you can evacuate all of from Ragnarok, all of Asgard, in one ship, <laughs> and that is because. Asgard apparently is like 320 people and they have a king and an entire dynasty. And of course the merry men, Thor and his followers. So that is, it's the little details. Sif and the warriors three pay them respect. Sorry. They're all dead besides Sif, who now is also an amputee or, and also maybe dead because she was really trying to die because she was trying to get to Valhalla until Thor told her the battle's over. And she's like, damn it. I guess I'll live. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that's, it's those little moments that need to be established to make this a fantastic freaking movie. Instead, it's just really fun and I loved it. Yeah, and I'm I'm mostly okay with that. Um I, I think there are there are like little world building things that you can do just to kind of add context of like, yeah, here goes everyone. But for the most part, I I don't care with what this movie was. I think it accomplished what it needed to, in a sense. Yeah. And it, it set out what it 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 had meant to in what the finished product was so yeah i get that um, i i'm gonna say it's a must see in the talking smack rankings i had a whole lot of fun with it i i laughed out loud several times which i don't normally do in movies i'm usually pretty well reserved but i the minute amon Vellani showed up on screen like i'm like yes i love her please more Yo, yeah and i i was just in it for for the long haul like the the last thing i'll say is the, uh, this is a clip you can find on youtube where it's just after they start doing the the entanglement switching and Kamala is trying to explain to her family, like, I did not break my 
bedroom closet like that happened because body swapping body uh, position changing things and her mom just like so offhandedly goes like is your friend captain marvel involved in this somehow and kamala just, her face you can see the glow happen and she's just like captain marvel was in our house and her brother is like insinuating stuff just from the look on her face and her dad like is captain marvel pressuring you in any way and she's just beaming because captain marvel she's like standing in a space that captain marvel was in and uh i again i'm i'm extraordinarily mm -hmm. tempted i'm gonna i am probably gonna see what it would take to get amon Vellani on the show just because i i think that would be so amazing to be able to talk to her and just get her process i i don't know but we're gonna take a quick break here from justin henson at the movie wire oh you haven't given yours i'm so sorry i figured it's a must-see for you as well after all this gushing we've been doing oh yeah it's a must-see it's fantastic i loved it all right, we're going to hear from Justin, and when we come back, we're going to talk Loki Season 2 and maybe series finale. In a world with so many movies to choose from, one man has created the go-to podcast for reviews of hot and trending movies so you know what's worth your time. The Movie Wire Podcast with host Justin Henson. Hear Justin's movie verdict wherever you listen to podcasts. Tune in to The Movie Wire today. When are we going to get our own promo announcer? I think Justin knows the guy. So like, I'm, I don't know if he would charge us anything, but we could probably get one like that. Justin can give us the five finger discount on the guy's voice. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, I took the lead on the Marvels, Alex. So I will let you take the lead on Loki. All right, Josh, I want two minutes interrupted. Well, sorry. A uh, minute, 50. A minute 50. Thank you very much. All right. I'm just going to take a moment to compose myself. Loki's Yggdrasil. That's what we're going for. <laughs> I'm going to have to somehow figure out how to keep my wife from marrying Tom Hiddleston. Now, listen, I so what the advice I need from the listeners and from you, Josh, is do you know like any kind of binding contract where I, she cannot get out of being married to me? Because I'm pretty sure if he's within 50 feet or <laughs> 500 miles, I'm done. I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> She's abandoned me. Now, the problem with this also is I have the same feeling about him that she does, but polygamy is not legal in the U.S. Maybe we talk to Antonio, see what uh, Utah has to say about it with the Mormons. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say other than I, I just, I, I loved it. It, it, it told a complete story across 12 episodes. You can, I, I know there's nitpicks like Sylvie's storyline got a little short shifted there oh my gosh victor timely i hated him so much yeah because, that, that was a choice with oh, that character the but honestly anything i have to complain about uh criticize is redeemed in the last episode because the last episode we got loki learning understanding building himself we got yes they did slightly back to the future all you need is kill edge of tomorrow groundhog day some shit but they did it in a purposeful intentional way and they showed that he was learning his experiences and becoming smarter than he who remains like that moment where he like says he he who remains like why don't you ever defend yourself and he remains like oh okay so you've done this before and then Loki, after like two or three minutes, got the knowledge he wanted out of him, says, what makes you think this is the first time we've had this conversation? 
and that that final shot where I I know you hate Spider Man, Tobey Maguire's Spider Man three, but I love the ending of Spider Man three, where you don't know if he and Mary Jane get back together. You just see them together. They start the slow dance. You see the confusion on their faces of what we, they've done to each other. What he you know what's happened to them these last three movies, and it's a, it ends on either you can take it as hopeful or, or hopeful or pessimistic. But that last shot of Loki listening to the timelines and you see this micro expressions across his face and you don't know if he's sad, content, elated, but he is holding together the entire timeline of every world in the MCU, giving them a chance to fight is so fucking beautiful. I loved this damn series. (laughs) I I liked the ending. Uh, everything you said, I think, is spot on for for the ending. I did have a little bit of a hard time staying engaged with the first the first episode I was in on uh, because I until they revealed that oh Loki's just in the past, and then they used that to build a mystery around that. I I liked the idea that Loki had traveled into a different timeline, not just like a different period of time within the timeline he was already on. But I did forget that there is uh there's supposed to be an inability of anyone in the TVA to time travel. So like I, I completely missed that whole point that that was supposed to be something big. And I apologize if you hear my dog barking in the background, we're recording at a, an unusual time for us. So she's having fun outside, uh, probably chasing a squirrel or a rabbit. Um, so I, I missed the whole point of Loki being able to time travel and why that's such a big deal. But I I was hoping that there would be some like multiversal travel with this ability that Loki had discovered or that he was given where he would like create a new Loki army or he would like grow through that way. But like I, I did enjoy him like becoming friends with Ouroboros. I, I Ki Hui Kwan, I think, was really fun in that role. I Victor Timely, I was really disappointed in because, yes, Jonathan Majors has personal issues and probably definitely should be recast so they can continue the Kang storyline. But he is as an actor, I think he is really good. But this choice with Victor Timely to be a slow talking stutterer and ultimately I thought he was unengaging that he had couple moments with Ouroboros, but overall he's just supposed to be this guy who's like, oh, wizard, you're, I, I don't understand what you do. Oh, this person, you, I don't understand what you do, but huzzah, because I am old timey. I, I don't know. It just, Victor Tomley didn't work for me, and I, I liked the breadcrumbs that they set up, but I needed more Loki out of the Loki series, if that makes sense, or more Lokis. Oh yeah, no, I totally understand that. Because I think that's where the Loki series really picked up because it was kind of like an X-Files show in the first season. And then once you get to like Sylvie, it, it definitely picks up more. And then you get the Loki variants and all that stuff at the end of time. But this this season was much more straightforward. And it was just we got to get Loki to this point where he has become the new loom. He's Yggdrasil, whatever you want to use the symbolism for. But we lost something in the the chemistry between him and Sylvie. Like they just completely disregarded everything with Sylvie. It was just like, Loki's here to protect you. You're against whatever he's doing. 
and that's the conflict and like minimal resolution to that. Yeah, no, I I completely understand that. Like uh, Hiddleston still has fantastic chemistry with Owen Wilson. Their scenes together just spark. He has great chemistry with Ouroboros and Sylvie. I legitimately scream cheered when he and Sylvie kiss in the first one because I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I don't care if it's Loki says I want this. And you can and I do think it makes sense that she got what she wanted. You decided to prune my thing and she apparently wants to live with it with a really bad wig and 1980s McDonald's. And she did have a great pie speech at Mobius when she was just like, really? Timelines are falling apart. Things are dying. And you just want to sit down and eat pie. And I love that. I, the, the speech where she and Loki were in the pie room and they didn't ever keep them in this, put them in the same frame until the last shot was really powerful as they're just talking against like, where are they gods? If they're gods, then what do they do? Who is the right to decide what timelines live, what timelines die, what is free will. I like those. But yes, she was not as utilized as she should. And she's a fantastic actress. And I hope that moving forward, like she just shows up and says like, yeah, I'm Loki. And everyone just goes, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> because she is a Loki, you know? And I, I don't know what the plan is to do with the TVA. Then apparently there may be hunting down Kangs. Who knows? But I am willing to forgive some poor moments as long as you give me an ending and a cinematic feel that really works. Like I, like I told Justin when we did our five nights at Freddy review, it's not a good movie, but there is a fantastic moment. Let's spoil alerts for that, for that talk where you see the golden Bonnie, which is the bad guy, Matthew Lillard show up and you can tell that they actually were like, this is the shot we want. And this is the movie. And that's great. So seeing Loki, Tom Hilton's Loki, actually figure things out and ascend by gra the grabbing each dying branch of the timeline and it's sparking green and his clothing shredding away, his cape becoming part of the loom and his ascension upwards, where yes, he is now burdened with glorious purpose because what is a Loki's job but to do? But as Sylvie said, Lokis are meant to fail. And so he cannot stop Kang. He cannot kill her. He has to give himself to a life of solitude and loneliness. And his throne is holding time together so that his friends, because he doesn't want to be lonely. He, he misses, his, he needs friends and family around him. And so, and so he takes that throne to be burdened, to not be with anyone, but to give them a chance to fight. That, mm -hmm. in, it worked and and I, I everything you will say josh i will agree with <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like really what what threw me through a loop with this one is that there was that whole variety article that came out where some insider was like i don't know what they do with jonathan majors because i've seen the loki finale and i'm like what the fuck does that mean and after seeing it i still don't know other than the fact that they're like allowing the Kang storyline to continue. Like, I don't know what that guy was getting at or that insider was getting at with that point because yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jonathan majors allegedly seems to abuse women through the, the texts that we have seen and that's horrible and he should not have a job if that is the case, which mm -hmm. it surely seems to be recast him. 
yeah. it's fine. You 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 are not locked into anything with this guy, especially if he has this legal issue. You can get out of that contract and you can just recast. Yeah, I mean, it's not a big deal. We've had uh, we've had thus far two different Hulks, uh, two different Roddies. And I mean, look at Loki. We saw the variants. There's child Loki. There's crocodile Loki. Sylvie is a Loki. Old uh, old man Loki, which I love that guy. <laughs> you can say he's all the other kings are variants. I mean, if you if they're for some reason think they're beholden to the last shot of the King of Councils from Ant Man Quantumania, okay, a different variant showed up. We know there there was a Tour de France Loki. We like, saw don't even this. acknowledge it. Like don't even acknowledge it. You you can just go on with your life and be like, okay, yeah, there was a, there was a legal issue. There was some kind of issue where we decided to move on in the casting process and add a new, make, make someone a new Kang. What the fuck ever. It's fine. Like, yes, these things exist with Jonathan majors in them. You filmed them prior to his, his legal troubles to prior to him being outed as an abuser, alleged abuser. Okay, fine. That doesn't just because you are making a profit off of something that happened before you found out this guy is allegedly a monster mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you are stuck with him. And I think that's uh, getting back to the point of the variety article. Who the hell cares what this Loki's series finale establishes? Because Hollywood is about acting. Yeah. Find a good actor. In this case, they would have to be a black actor. Because, I mean, I think that's still important is having that representation and just roll with it. Like, who cares if they recast in the middle of this process? It's not like they've already been filming Secret Wars. It's not like they've already been filming Kang Dynasty and whatever else he's been set up in. Yeah. Unless he's like secretly in every movie going forward, like the elves and the Santa Claus. And they're just happening to be in like every scene. So my thing, I do have a, a side note question for you. Miss Minutes. Uh, portrayed by the lovely Tara Strong. She's scary and hot, right? I mean, that like try, trying to seduce Victor Timely, that was kind of like creepy hot, right? <laughs> I, I think you're... I, I th I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because we know who is behind the voice. <laughs> and that's like, that's where my mind went is like, if Tara Strong came up to me and said those words, like, hell yes, I'm sorry, Ricky. And I, I don't think Ricky would hold it against me. <laughs> but seriously, having an AI clock be like, we're supposed to be together. Why don't you build me a body? It's like, there's some problems here, man. Like, you may need to Can dial the body back. Can look like Tara Strong? <laughs> <laughs> and then she kills all these people in that jail cell. And I love that they didn't show it, but they, they you heard the sound effect, right? You could yeah, hear. Yeah, the crunching. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. After that, well, like when um uh, B5 comes back. B15? Into the, uh, yeah, B15 comes back into the room and she looks horrified. There's a sound effect and all you hear is thick dripping sounds. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that's good audio storytelling. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. I know storytelling should kind of be audio, but I mean, there's also visual storytelling. But that's yeah. that's a good moment where the, the person is reacting and you just have the sound effect and you're like, okay, my mind can come up with what's going on here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah we already got a hint of what was going to happen when they were going after was it x5 yeah and loki was threatening him it's like hey tell us what's going on here 
So yeah, we we don't need to see the finished product. You know, we mm -hmm. don't need uh we don't need to like a uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness to see the uh Captain America's shield on the wall with blood dripping to know that Peggy Carter got <laughs> by uh by Poor Peggy. Yeah. The the one thing that I I think I need I, again, I, I haven't done a lot of research into other people's thoughts and opinions on these things. And like I stayed off social media as much as possible throughout the last week just to avoid other people's thoughts kind of polluting my own. Uh, but Renslayer, it, I feel like it was implied that she was dropped in on that giant Kang meeting at the end of Quantumania. Because mm. all we see is like the pyramid in the background. We see that she's standing where the TVA used to be in whatever universe she's in now. And there's a like mm. purple lightning flashing. I so I, I assume that like a Kang has found her or she's like seeing the the gathering of the Kangs after quantum mania at that point. See, I thought that was the end of time area where all, everything pruned goes to because they pruned her. And and the um, and that's the smoke monster that chases you down and eats you. See, I, I didn't see that look of fear on her, though. And I thought the smoke monster didn't it was there was like purple lightning flashing. So I, I didn't get that. So maybe that that's something that I got to I'll have to dig around the yeah. Reddit boards and whatever. But I, I that's that's my interpretation of what happened, because we see the pyramid behind her. Right. We see the TVA because the idea now for me is that. There, there kind of is no end of time because Loki is allowing all these timelines to live. So, like, it makes sense that there would be, like, some kind of nexus point where all the Kangs would gather so they can go back to their respective timelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and pruning instead of dumping you at the end of time now dumps you to this other area. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so that makes sense. That's just my interpretation of that. Um, yeah. But, like, I... And this is kind of why when we were texting about the scheduling, like... There's a lot that happens in this show, but it's all building towards one thing. Mm -hmm. It's not like each episode you I don't know how other people have done it where they're like, oh, this episode was so good because these this, 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 this and this. I, I, I felt like it, it was the MCU TV series thing where it's it's an episodic movie, miniseries, limited series, whatever you'd want to call it. Right. Where it, it it's one narrative building towards the end and the end is the thing that matters because like we have the the miss minutes plan where she's setting up the uh the contingency plan that he who remains had set up where they have to have victor timely do all these things and like all these other things build up towards what appears to have been loki figuring out his time travel ability and coming back to the moment where he and sylvie kill him and he's trying to stop that it feels like those are the breadcrumbs building up to that moment and there's supposed to be something that happens there. Maybe I missed it. Maybe it's been too long since I watched it and I forgot what's happening. But the the series as a whole, at least this season, just it, it doesn't feel like it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, remember in episode five when she dropped the book through the window to a young Victor Timely and then they jumped 20 years and Chicago is like a Mecca. Like it, it wasn't that interesting to me. No, I get that. I, I, I can I completely agree with that like I, I was actively bored in some min moments like i thought you know just watching like do we need to see the scene of him rowing across the waters back to his other place after he dumps renslayer no yeah uh how many times can we just randomly go and hang out in the pie shop <laughs> <laughs> but 
they're they seem to ha- have the need to pad to six episodes in moments. But to me, the last two episodes just work. The whole yeah. Alcatraz thing. That's the ending of was it episode three or four where um, you start seeing the spaghettification effect, which. Mm-hmm. Dear God, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's worse, dusting or the spaghettification. <laughs> you know, so if I you just get removed from existence, you get dusted, or and or and then if the timeline ruptures, you get spaghettied. Yeah. So I, I do think that they should have gone back and done another polish on like one through three. Someone on set should have been like, "This Victor Timely thing isn't working, dude. You 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 got to do something else." And someone else should have said, like, hey, listen, we spent the entire first se- uh, season giving Sylvia, Sylvie some amazing agency. Her agency this time seems to be, I'm just going to hang around to stab stuff. I want to wait for my next shift at McDonald's. Thank you very much. Exactly. I have a truck. I get free food. <laughs> I hang out and look at the sky. I hang out in a record store and I listen to music. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing, what the only other thing in the finale that I really would have liked is the moment where Loki and Mobius, where Loki takes the place of his previous self and he asks Mobius basically like, what, how and why do you do the hard thing? Mm. And Mobius has a really good speech about like, it's not about doing right and wrong. It's about doing the job. It's about doing what is needed to be done. And in that conversation, building up to that speech, I really would have liked there to be a moment where Mobius just even just maybe, maybe does a head tilt where he's like, this isn't the same guy. Something's happening here. Like it, it really just seems like in the way it's cut in the final product is it feels like Mobius is just rolling with these questions that Loki is asking and he's just like it's who I am it's in my DNA this is what I do and this is why I do it I really would have liked that throughout the line of questions once the tone changes and Loki starts asking him questions I just a little thing of Mobius sitting back in his chair and being like he's doing something but let's see where it goes yeah, uh, just a little something. Yeah, because the only the only time that I've noticed that happen is I is that I noticed Sylvie being very aware that something's off. Like she seems to have that Loki ability and power of like, wait a second. Yeah, she has that, s- she has the intuition to be like, there's some time travel nonsense happening here. Yeah, like um like an Endgame when uh when Hulk is coming down the stairs and that whole thing happens where he can get the Tesseract. And, you know, Tony's acting up with this heart thing. Loki is very aware something's very off before everyone else. He's like, wait, like he I've always gotten the feeling that in that moment, he's like, this isn't what is supposed to be happening. And that's why he starts looking for something to end. He grabs Tesseract and gets the heck out or like um, Winter Soldier with the whole speech where Captain America's, you know, okay, we got to go back. You got to put these, the stones in these areas, blah, 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 blah. Okay. We'll see you in like 20 seconds. You can, you can tell that, uh, Sebastian Shan's just like, yeah, that he's not coming back. This is not, you can see in the moment when, especially like, well, he's supposed to be back now. You, you, you can see him going like, Oh, yeah, you, no. you're talking about end game. You'd say yeah. winter soldier. 
Oh, sorry. I meant the character Winter Soldier. Okay, yeah. And until you started talking about like Bucky realizing something's off, I was like, does he mean the computer chips? (laughs) What what is he talking about with these stones? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in in Endgame, when Cap goes back to return the stones to their proper timelines. Yeah. Bucky's like, yeah, something's off. And then isn't he the one who goes, there's a dude over there on a chair or something like that? One of them says, yeah, I think I think it's supposed to be implied that he and Steve had talked about what the plan was. Yeah. And then when Sam's like, he's supposed to be back. What's going on? And Bucky's like, hey, go look, go check out that bench. Something fun's going to happen for you. Yeah, it would have been nice because like when Loki was talking to Ouroboros about one of the plans and Ouroboros is like, no, I don't have that. And then all of a sudden he tilts his head and goes, actually, yes, I do. It's down here. (laughs) Yeah, playing with the timelines like that, like that, that is something that I think they could have done a little bit more with because like I like the idea of Loki having to relive these moments for a century to learn the quantum mechanics that Ouroboros does. Mm hmm. But I think they could have also had a little bit more fun with it before. I think it's even in episode two where it's just like the only thing that matters is saving the loom. Yeah. And from episode three through six, it's just that. Yeah. And, and they, to- they have little moments here and there. And like Tom Hiddleston, again, is born for this role, is born for what the MCU writers do. And I love in, is it episode five or no, it had to have been episode six where he's doing the whole sequence where they, they get Victor timely in and he, they, he's just like, we need to do this. We need to do that. And you're absolutely right. This is not going to work, but because I did this, <laughs> it's going to work. And it's like, no one picks up on the fact that like Loki just out of nowhere, we just teleported is all of a sudden just better at Ouroboros than Ouroboros is at being Ouroboros. Yeah. And I, I think that's fine, but I, there, they could have done so much more with just like maybe Loki instead of learning all this stuff, which to your point is important to the plot because he has to be able to outsmart he who remains at some point. Yeah. But they could have done little things here and there to like, maybe Loki just goes and leaves something in Ouroboros's pocket or he like goes back, has a conversation with Ouroboros, comes back to the quote unquote present and Ouroboros is like, actually, and like just creating little light bulb moments. Like, I think that could have been fun, Mm -hmm. but you could also still use those to build towards Loki realizing he needs to do something different, which is understanding he who remains plan. Yeah. So... If we never see Tom Hiddleston Loki again, are you good? I think I am because I throughout a lot of the series, I was thinking two things. One, you can make a drinking game out of him doing the Loki hair flip. He he does that <laughs> a lot in this show. And there's one moment, I think, in episode one where it was just completely unnecessary. Like, I think he's he's in like the downward dog position, but his head's up. So his hair's already back and he just just. Does a quick one yeah. just for no reason other than like, he's like, I think I need to do one here. <laughs> um, or yeah, maybe he had I, like one little strand of hair that only he could see. So he's like, I'm going to do it. I think that's a nod to the visual effects people of like, you're supposed to make me blurry right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the other thing I was thinking is he's been doing this role since 2009. Mm-hmm. It's he has, I, I, I don't want to say he's aged out of it. But you couldn't do a, a pre-Loki series or even like a pre-Infinity War series with Tom Hiddleston now. Like even even in the five years it's been since Infinity War, it's 
it's been a he he has aged a little quite a bit and yeah. i'm not gonna buy into modern day tom hiddleston doing a saw x or whatever where you know it's, it's been so long since he has portrayed this version of that character he's just gonna look too different he, he's an attractive man he has he's aged well he's in its early 40s like he's i think he's like 42 43 something like that uh sylvia i believe is in her late 30s so you know that love interest is an appropriate range he does have laugh lines he does have some crow's feet going on he he doesn't look as youthfully hungry as the first when he was first loki I mean, you know, maybe they do some Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. What is it? Two or three effects on them to smooth them out a little bit if they want. Uh, but... Civil War. Oh, Civil War. Yeah. You know, they use the barf tech or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there there is some de-aging stuff they could do with him. And I, I, I would love to see more Loki because in any version, like I think every version that they've done of Loki has been awesome. Yeah. And Tom Hiddleston just crushes that role. There's that iconic San Diego Comic-Con. I think it's leading into maybe it's even a, I think it's post Avengers. I think it was uh, throw the dark world where he came you. up. He, yeah, he, he came up in character and just gave a whole, uh, a whole monologue and it, it ends with him yelling, say my name. Yeah. And it's oh, like chills. Yeah. And he just, he embraces the role. But I, I do think that, unless they do something with him and Thor in some fashion, I I don't necessarily think I need him in anything else other than maybe secret wars where obviously or secret wars Kang dynasty yeah. where he'll probably show up and like save the timeline and be the, the deus ex machina. The way he's been talking, he's like talking about like, it's been 14 years, like seven movies, 12 episodes of the show. He executive produces this show, which is, very rare you don't see any mcu actors executive producing their own work so he has, has a very vested interest in ensuring that the character got a send off yeah i am comfortable with him if this is the last we see of him but one of the producers on the show said we treated it as as two parts of a book and the book is now closed he's like but i do think we need to write the book on Loki and Thor's relationship. And I I am not particularly interested in that. I would like to see Loki show up maybe like one more time, as you said, King Dynasty, releasing the timelines and maybe like passing on to Valhalla or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and so he fades away or that. I, I am interested in these characters. I, I still think Mobius is really fun. I loved Ouroboros. Um, B-15 is fantastic i loved her in that room like this is she's now in the war room she is you know control she is leading the charge of we are supposed to be secret and we're hunting kings i love that uh i want to see sylvie in more stuff i would like to get closure on that relationship as well mm -hmm. you know so i'm comfortable with like maybe one more appearance but i i don't need another loki movie i don't need season three necessarily I think that closure should be in the MCU to wrap out. Was it phase seven, 55, whatever it'd phase, be phase six or phase seven? Cause they, yeah. they closed phase four early because phase four is technically still supposed to be going on as far as I remember. Yeah. And so, yeah. And have Sylvie be Loki going forward then, you know, she, 
she has earned rightfully earned her spot as a as a loki and if she want you know if they want to put her heck put her with the young avengers (laughs) (laughs) you need an older mature person in there to guide them have it be loki no that's kate bishop she said she's 22 so she's she is clearly the more mature of the of the young avengers but we've we've seen hawkeye she can't run something very well even though she's apparently a track and field champion well physically running and being a a team manager are very different things exactly and loki has done great at mcdonald's she isn't she can run that she knows that 1980s cash register really well now and her break is in five minutes because no matter what movie it is what movie or tv show if you have a break it's always in five minutes <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's wrap it up here um loki season two i i do think it's a must see especially if you're invested in the mcu um alex how about you uh, I, I, hell yeah I, I i love sylvia i love I, I love this entire group and hey the last episode you get to see victor timely die like 45 times <laughs> <laughs> there is some vindication there um <laughs> The last thing I'll say before we we really get going on here, um, I just I, if if according to Dan, the timeline works out this last Sunday's episode of Casting Views will have been a, an episode where I was on where we talked about uh, sports moments that live rent free in our heads uh, where I was joined. I joined Dan and we were also joined by Adam from Decaying with the Boys. So uh, definitely check that out. I'll probably put the link in the episode description once that uh, the episode is available. And you can check it out, uh, give casting views all your love and give them your support as well as the movie wire and everyone else that we, we share promos with, um, Alex, thanks so much for having spent the time to do this random midday episode. And most importantly, thank you everyone for listening. Whenever you listen to it, uh, hopefully we didn't spoil too much for you. Or if you're here and you're at the end of the episode, listening to everything and you have been spoiled, hopefully you decide you're going to go check something out. Cause I think the Marvel's. It deserves to be seen. Uh, I I think the box office is not indicative of what that product is. No. Uh, But don't forget to join our Discord. Join in on the conversations that we're having. Uh, You can follow us on all our social medias at Talking Smack Pod. We're on Blue Sky, Instagram, Threads, Hive, Post News, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Lonnie's website. You can email us your thoughts, opinions, concerns at tsmackpod at gmail.com. Thank you to Leo Allen for this wonderful musical theme that you're hearing right now. Alex, who did the remix? Oh, that's Natalie Holt, fresh off of Loki season one and two, and she's also good at remixing because she did, uh, she did Obi Wan, and she oh, remixed nice. John Williams' themes there. All right, well, thank you to Beppo for our original avatars, Retro Studios for our Ricky avatar. Please like, subscribe, rate, review on your podcatcher of choice. But most importantly, thank you again so much for listening. Take care, and we will see you next week. Bye. Star Trek.